Really glad to have you here. Those of you watching online, wherever, whatever city you're in, so glad to have you. I am, I just prayed about what God is doing in my youth. This past uh, Wednesday night, we had a worship night, and to see our youth at the front just passionately worshiping God and and the sense of camaraderie, and they're locking arms together. There are some great things happening in our youth, and I'm just, I'm so excited. I wanna encourage you to pray for them. Because there's a lot of stories, like the guy I heard this week, Jim, I was at a gathering of uh, people, and, and Jim told his story about when he was 17. And he was not a follower of Jesus, and he said, I had this girlfriend, and you know, she ended up getting pregnant, we were scared, we had no idea what to do. We did what we thought was seemed like the, the most, you know, the only way out, and that was that she had an abortion. So I didn't think much about it at the time, it just seemed like it was what we, you know, it was what we do, or otherwise our futures are, you know, messed up. And he said, but years later, as I got in the, into the business world, uh, he said the regret and the shame were like a gnawing ache in my soul. He had a lot of his success, continues to, in the business world. And he said, I was on a reward trip to New York City. And while we were there, just a couple of years ago, he said, they took us to a few different places, and one of them was to the World Trade Center Memorial. If you haven't been there, I found it extraordinarily moving. And, uh, and he told us about that. And Jim said, you know, I, I saw this gleaming Freedom Tower. If you've been there, you've, in the last few years, you've seen that, this new tower that sort of replaces the World Trade Center, fourth largest building in the world, and gleaming and just, you know, 1,776 feet tall is a, you know, just a nod to our country's birth. And he said, I looked at my life and I thought, my life is sort of like that gleaming tower. I've had a lot of rewards, success, things are shiny, you know, things have gone well. But he said, I also saw these two gaping holes where the World Trade Towers had once been in the shadow of this Freedom Tower. And he said, I realized that my life was like that. That in the shadow of this gleaming strength and all the success and accomplishments of my life, that in the shadows I had these deep wounds in my life. And I wasn't going to experience healing and freedom unless I began to give attention to those. It's very moving as he told a story. And he got choked up and he told us what God has done the last couple years. He said he got involved in a safe group here and, um, and he said my life began to change as I addressed some of these shadows in my life. And he said, because of the leader who spoke into my life as like a mentor and the other participants, he said it was a safe place where I could be transparent and just real about my past. He said, God began to heal my heart. Still on the journey, but he goes, I'm not the same man I used to be. What we're in the shadows of my life, God is beginning to heal. I listened to his story with such gratitude and I thought, God, Thank you. Thank you not only for what you've done in Jim's life, but thank you that you can do that for every one of us. That God can help us as we, whatever the gleaming success of your life, your accomplishments, that whatever shadows of hurtful habits or things going on, you go, this is not the way it's supposed to be right now. 
that we can make decisions, we can be surrounded by other people who point us to the healing power of Jesus and we can begin to experience life the way that God intended and our impact grows. I wanna talk today about the power of words that other people speak into our lives. As we're on this growth journey, that you and I can put ourselves in environments, contexts, where rather than just dealing with the shadows alone, because if we're by ourselves, we're probably not gonna make it. But when we can lock arms with other people and they're speaking truth and encouragement, pointing us to Jesus, pointing us to the spiritual realities that can transform our lives, it can shape the way that we live, the kind of people we become. It's all about the voices that we listen to. You see, when we look back in history, we see people who face the same kind of deals, challenges, shadows, whatever it may be, and yet they sometimes go totally different directions. Why? Because it, here's the X factor. It's the voices and the words that they choose to listen to. I'd like you to turn with me to Numbers chapter 13. We're going to do a couple of case studies here. And, uh, and as you turn there, there's going to be a verse on the screen from Proverbs chapter 18. And, uh, and it sort of summarizes, I think, the truth here of what we're talking about. Would you say this aloud with me? You ready? Let's take a look at the screen here a second. Let's say that together. Those of you online want to hear you as well. You ready? The tongue has the power of life and death. I think some of you missed this. Let's do it one more time. Ready? The tongue has the power of life and death. We're going to look at that and how you and I can put ourselves in places where the voices of others can be life to us. How do we dial that up and how do we dial down the voices, the words of death? Case study number one here in Numbers chapter 13, God leads his people to their new homeland. He delivers them out of the uh, slavery that they were in in Egypt. They've grown to be about two million people strong and now God's giving them their own their uh, place to call home. But here's the challenge. There's this overwhelming crisis that seems impossible for them to overcome. As the people are on the verge of entering this new homeland, just before, and they send a group of 12 spies who are sent to gather intel. They're leaders from the community, and they're sent to gather intel about what is the land like. So they come back. And I want us to read what they say when they come back to God's people. God has already told his people, I want you to go into that land. And these spies come back with their intel, and, and there's two different voices. And there's gonna be a decision. There always is. A decision that we have to make about what voice we're going to listen to. And here's what the majority say. The 10 spies come and they say this in verse 31. Numbers chapter 13. We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. A little bit later, they said the land we explored devours those living in it. Remember that word, devours. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. Those are like, you know, NBA players, uh, tall, big. The descendants of Anna come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. 
and we looked the same to them. What a picture, huh? We seemed like rascals. We seemed like we were about this big. You ever feel like that? Some of you are, have gone to a new school this year. You have kids who have gone to a new school, and they walk into a classroom, or, or maybe they, go, they try out for a team, and they say, I, I felt like I was about this big. I felt like that when I was in speech class, and among my peers in high school, I thought, if I could just throw up right now, I would. Just anything to get me out of here, and here I am speaking at Grace. But I hated speech class when I was in high school. I felt this big. Some of you, it's when you walk into a business you know, conference room, or you, you're a new employee, on the, or whatever it is, and you go, we felt this big, and they go, that's what we felt like. We felt this big. That's the majority report, and these were respected leaders in the community. They're like, we're outclassed, we're outsized, we're outnumbered, and they're pretty convincing. But here's the problem. They only reported, listen to this, on what these eyes could see. The physical eyes. They missed out on the greater reality. Not all of them, 10 of them. Two of them come back, and if anybody here has one of the names of the spies, the only two that would be names among the spies here in our room would be the name Joshua and Caleb. If you're one of those two names, you've got a great name. And uh, because here's what they come back and they say, minority voice. They say, if you turn over one chapter to chapter 14, verse 9, they say, do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will what? Devour them. There's that word again. First guys go, oh, the land's going to devour us. They go, no, we're going to devour them. What's the difference? Their protection is gone, but who's with us? The Lord is with us. Do not be afraid. They saw the bigger picture. They don't deny what the other spies say, but they're like, there's more. Those people, yeah, yeah, they're big, but our God is what? Is bigger. Like, our God is bigger. Don't just see with what these eyes can see. Whatever challenge you face, you're not going into it alone. If you go with your own strength, yeah, you're not enough. You're inadequate. I'm inadequate. I don't have what it takes. You don't have what it takes. But our God is bigger, and he will be with you. Do not be what? Afraid. They name the invisible reality. My friends, you've got to see the bigger picture. You're not alone. So the people have a decision to make, right? you got the majority voice, 10 spies. The land's going to devour us. There's no way. Got the minority voice, two voices, people are big, our God is bigger. You know the story, you know where the masses turn to, where do they go? They go with the minority voice. And they suffer for it. We always do when we listen to the wrong voices. When we forget that God is in the picture and that his ways are good. And so the outcome is that the Lord disciplines every single person who listens to the wrong voice. None of them experience what he intended. Not one of them makes it to the new homeland. The only ones who make it in are the ones who listen to the right voices. Friends, the difference is always this. You see this on the screen, it says this. It all comes back to what voice is trusted 
and listen to. What voices do you have in your life today? What context? Like Jim, I told you about at the beginning where he said, I got in a group and they pointed me to what Jesus can do. They pointed me to the invisible realities. That God is with me. He's bigger. He's forgiving. He's able. He's loving. He's all powerful. He takes my past and he wipes it away. Whatever the issue is that we face, do you have people in your life who are pointing you to Jesus and to the spiritual realities that he brings? Case study number two. Let's turn over to 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 32. That's several books to the right. You'll come to First and Second Samuel. First and Second Kings, and then First and Second Chronicles. We're in Second Chronicles 32. Sort of a similar scenario to case study number one. God's people face an overwhelming crisis that feels impossible to overcome, and uh, and the voice is in play. First, you have a voice of a world leader who has zero respect for the Lord. Verse 17. His name is King Sennacherib. And he was the king of Assyria. It's an empire you can read about even today. This was an empire on the move. And this king writes letters, it says in verse 17, ridiculing the Lord. Verse 18, why did he do it? To terrify the people and make them afraid. This guy was no slouch. I mean, he wasn't just bragging. He had the, he had the credibility. He led the superpower of the day and... Uh, in other words, not just empty boasting. He had victories to back up his terrorizing words. So they got that voice. The people have got that voice. There's no way your God is ridiculous. He's, you can't trust him. Look what's happened. No one else has been able to stand. They're just like people today. Like you believe God, if there's all the suffering in the world, how can you really believe in a God? And they ridicule the Lord. But there's another voice. Another voice, Hezekiah, the leader of God's people. Listen to what he says in verse seven. 2 Chronicles 32, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for there is a, what? Greater power with us than with him. With him is only the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. Sort of similar to what Joshua and Caleb said, right? This is what godly people always do. They help you see the bigger picture. They don't deny the problems. They don't minimize the challenge, but they say there's more. There's more. Let's not forget this. We're not going on our own. The Lord is with us. And if he's truly called us, he will not fail us. Don't be afraid. Hezekiah points to the invisible reality. He goes, friends, you gotta see the bigger picture. You're not alone. Today, some of you are facing challenges that it, it's probably not an army coming against you, but it might be a tough relationship with a neighbor or with a spouse, or maybe you've gotten some kind of diagnosis or you've got an issue with one of your children or whatever it may be, your workplace. You, do you have a place where you have voices that you can listen to that point you to Jesus? a circle of people who can tell you you're not alone. Yeah, this challenge is too big for you, but your God is bigger. 
We're gonna trust him together. We're gonna stand with you. We're gonna lock arms with you. Well, in this situation, people face a similar scenario, but there's different results. They choose not to listen to the voice of this all-powerful, seemingly, king, but they listen instead to the voice that points them to, to, to the Lord, to invisible realities. And I love the verse in chapter 32, 8. It says this, the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah the king had said. And what's the outcome? Verse 22, so the Lord saved Hezekiah and the people. He took care of them on every side. Every side. The front, the back, the right, the left. He took care of them all the way around. And what happens to the king of Assyria? They're turned back in a miraculous turn of events. The king suffers a major defeat. Uh, his, it's an embarrassing loss. What's the difference in this situation from the other one? It comes back to this. You're going to see it here again on the screen. It all comes back to what voice is trusted and listened to. So friends, here's the question for us. What voices are you listening to today? Where do you have, outside of a Sunday worship service, where do you have voices in your life who are saying, hey, there's a bigger reality here. What you're facing is big. But God, what you're facing feels overwhelming. Heaven awaits. Let's talk to Jesus about it. Let's pray. Maybe it's for you. It's, I talked to someone this week and they go, there's, I've got two friends. We walk together every week and we pray together. That's a great way to do it. Maybe you're gonna find some walking partners. To, to, for some of you, it's a small group. Today is our small group sign-up day. There's like 30 groups that are open. You can sign up in the lobby and, and uh, say, I, I wanna be a part, but it's, it's a small group where you're like, I'm gonna get together with some other people who maybe have more experience or further along, or I'm gonna be able to voice in their life and say, hey, God is bigger. Not denying or minimizing the issue, but let's, let's trust him together. For you, it might be colleagues at work that you have some other Christians. Maybe they go to different churches, but you're like, like let's get together over lunch or take 30 minutes before the day starts and let's, let's just pray together for, for ourselves and maybe for some of our colleagues and you, you do that. For our youth, it might be a youth group or you know, a Grace Kids class or something like that. Every person, no matter their age, needs people who are pointing them to Jesus. I spoke with one guy who said this, he said, I don't know where I'd be without the guys in my small group. They care about me, they love me, they challenge me, they help me to follow Jesus. I hate to think where I'd be without them. Let me ask, do you have people like that in your life? Voices who keep you focused on Jesus. The bigger picture of his presence and his promises. You might say, you know, there's so many voices coming at me and how do I choose the right voices to listen to? In your notes, that if you've been following along, there are a homepage, just go to the bulletin and, and they're in the bulletin there. And or if you're, those of you here, there are paper notes on the tables as you find your way in. But I put down two filters, two quick filters that can help us to know what voice do I listen to? Number one, look at the character and the heart of that person. 
Are they a person devoted to Jesus? Do they have a history of following him and making good decisions? So vital for us to chew voices wisely because you look even in the situation when Joshua and Caleb come back, there's their minority report. The majority report, these were leaders in the community. These were people who supposedly were honoring God, but they were the wrong voices to listen to. It's so vital, the voices that you choose. What's their heart and their character? There's a line, I don't know who first said it. There's so many people. You look online, you can find like six different people who supposedly said this first. But I would like us to say this aloud, the next slide here. And um, would you say this with me? I just think it's so key for us to get, no matter what age you are, let's say it together. You ready? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I heard that spoken recently to university students. My son is a sophomore. But that's not just for college students, for high school or whatever. That's for all of us. Show me the people that you're listening to. And it's not just the people that you know personally. It might be a podcaster, a TikTok person, a YouTube influencer, it might be a radio personality. Are there people that you're allowing to speak so much into your life that don't point you to the larger reality of who God is and what he's all about? You know, are you saying it's wrong to watch the news? I'm not saying that. But do you have a place where you have significant voices that are saying, you know what, yeah, the world is broken and there's a lot of crises, but God, he's building his family. Heaven awaits. We're sorrowful, Paul says, but always rejoicing. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy, right? Because God is bigger. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You know, I love when uh, people just hear a grace, hearing their stories, uh, taking steps to say, I'm gonna surround myself with people who are gonna help me grow, who's gonna speak into my life. I wanna show you one story. Isabella told us a story just recently, and then we'll wrap up and, and uh, take inventory ourselves. Okay, let's listen to Isabella's story. My name is Isabella. When it came to God and my relationship with him, I thought that I was doing enough. You know, I did my part and God did his. I was going through a really tough time and feeling at a point in my life where I needed more. More from my relationships with others, myself, and God. I was asking myself, what do I do next? Or is this simply where my faith ends? When I saw a Facebook post about Alpha, I joined because it seemed very low commitment and casual, but still offered a learning experience. When I showed up, I got to meet people of all different ages and backgrounds. I got to meet people that I never would have if I hadn't have joined Alpha. The topics were informational and thought-provoking, but the atmosphere was super casual. I wasn't judged at all. As I talked to people, my idea that I was doing enough in my faith was really challenged. I realized that God made me who I am in order to serve others, and as I put that into practice, I feel more connected to God than ever before. Alpha allowed me to take my faith to the next level. It allowed me to ask those questions in a safe place and to share my perspectives with other people. Have questions? Try Alpha. Just one of the many groups that you can be a part of here. I love how she said, I feel closer to God than ever before. Why? Because she's putting herself in a context where the voices that are speaking into her life, into her soul, are pointing her to Jesus. 
you have a group like that, a class, a Bible study? One other filter is this, that uh, in, in your notes, is this, evaluate every voice through the lens of God's word. Always asking, does what I'm hearing align with what I read in this book? Can I, is, is this what God's word is teaching? There's so many voices out there. Well, our time is up. Let's just take inventory with a couple of questions here. First, who are you listening to? Whose voices are most influential in your life? Are there any that you need to dial down? That someone would say, you know what? I think that person's having too much influence in your life. They're shaping your perspective more than God's word. Are there places that you need to dial up? And that second question there, what opportunities? Is there a class, a group, a Bible study, a prayer partnership, whatever, that can point you to spiritual realities uh, maybe something you've been going, I know I need to do this, and today is gonna be your day to start. I'm gonna be part of a class. I'm gonna get in a small group. It's a really easy sign up today to do that. Can I just tell you this as we wrap up? As one of your pastors here at Grace, those of you online, I wanna say we love you. We realize that there is a spiritual reality, that there's a battle for your soul and for ours. If you're not aware of that today, I just wanna say again, there's a bigger picture. It's not just the Browns having their opening day, and yes, I hope they win, uh, but there's a bigger picture. There's an enemy coming after you. And there's a savior who gave his life for you. And the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy from your life, and he wants to dial down any voice that helps you to see the bigger picture, that God is with you, he's gonna walk with you, that he wants you to obey him and follow him and trust him in all things. And if we don't take active steps to say, I need people around me to lock arms with me and to help me see Jesus and to remind me of the spiritual battle, folks, we're gonna be victims of our enemy. I don't want that. I want you to pray for me. I want us to pray for each other that we will be people who, who, drown, who, who uh, turn a deaf ear to the voice of the world and all of the lies of the enemy and instead have people who are pointing us to the reality of God and his word and to say, stay close. Stay close to Jesus. Remember he's with you. Yes, this problem is big, but your God is what? Is bigger. What step are you gonna take this fall to say, God, I wanna be the person you want me to be. I wanna dial up the voices that point me to you. Let's ask him to help us. Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, we need you today to lead us, to empower us, to convict us, to stretch us, to challenge us. And Lord, often you're using other people. So I pray for all of us, Lord, that we dial up those voices that point us to you like Joshua and Caleb and Hezekiah who, who help us to trust you and maybe we wouldn't trust you on our own, who help us to feel closer to you than we've ever felt before, as Isabella said. And so, Lord, we just open up ourselves to you. Would you lead us? Show us where you want us to connect and make us the men and women that you want us to be, Lord, that the shadow things in our lives would be healed and overcome and that you would help us to shine for you wherever we go. Jesus, do that, we pray, in our lives. I pray that for me, for all of us, in your powerful, powerful name, Amen.